Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. What is going on, Metalheads? Today, I have Chris Latta from Indianapolis, Indiana's band Lava Born. They are signed currently to Wise Blood Records. You know who those cats are because I've had a few of their bands on the show before with the Grave Ripper and Vexing Hex. So this one, super cool. Chris is such an awesome guy. We get into a lot of stuff in the interview. I did get a chance to talk to him a few weeks back, and it was awesome. So you're going to dig it. I know you're going to dig it because I dug it, and it's awesome. It's all metal. It's all the time. But is it? Yeah. So I don't really have much to talk about this week. I am still currently compiling my top 10 albums of 2021 list. And I say album loosely because I'm just limiting it to release at this point. If it's an EP that came out in 2021, I'm probably going to throw it on the list if it's something that I feel strongly about. So when I say albums, I mean releases. Your top 10 releases of 2021, shoot them to me, metalforgeradio at gmail.com. Uh, I'm still waiting on a few people that that are supposed to be giving me some lists, and we're going to go over those next week on the, the last episode of 2021. I can't believe it already. Uh, this this year, there were 54 episodes put out. Wow. But anyways, we're going to talk about that next week. But I do want to take a minute here and say, I made a post on Facebook a few days back about you know feeling down and depressed and stuff like that. Life is like the pit. If you see somebody go down, help them up. Seriously. Help your brethren out. If you see somebody struggling, reach out to them. Say, hey... You okay, man? You okay, chick? Whatever. You know, just, we're all in this together, and this time of year is exceptionally hard for a lot of people, myself included. So, definitely try to reach out, because, like I said, we're all in it together. If you see somebody go down, help them up. That's all we can do in life, you know? Help each other up. Yeah. 
Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much, and continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art, Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, the It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys, because every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlist as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show, and you'll be supporting those people as well, too. Thank you all. So let's go ahead and get into this. This is from Lava Born. This is from the Black Winged Gods album that just recently came out. This is Mortal Pride. Metalheads, I'm being joined here on the line right now from Chris Latta in Lavaborn. Uh, you might know these guys because they're label mates with a few bands I've had on the show already this year. Grave Ripper and Vexing Hex. Chris, dude, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to have us on to uh, talk about the band and all that. Dude, I... 
am like, I need to catch you guys live. You're not that far from me. You're an indie. Mm. So I need to get my ass up there and see you guys. I've been meaning to come up for the last couple of months, but it's just been, I, I bought a new house. I'm not making excuses here, but I bought a house and now I'm just like, holy shit, I don't have the extra money like I used to. So I'm going to make it up there. I'm going to make it happen. And if I can't make it happen, I'm going to have you guys down in Louisville. <laughs> Oh, that'd be something. I, well, we actually, uh, played, you were, uh, I know. I, I saw it yeah. the next day. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, Oops. Th- we're so connected these days. And it's just mm-hmm. like, and I still can't find shows to go to. <laughs> yeah. I, well, we got, uh, we're working on stuff for next year because, uh, you know, we've got a couple shows in the works for, uh, here in Indy just at the start of the year and we're aiming to branch out beyond that. You know, we just did play Louisville, uh, you know, for that Halloween show and we're raring to go back there. Cause that was, that was a really great time. Now you all played at Magbar. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. I love that place. It's, it's so fun to play there. You, you're just lucky. You got the, the little stage. If you, mm. if you've ever, if that was that your first time playing there, it was. Yeah. Um, my last band played down in Louisville, um, couple years ago we played at the highland actually oh the highland tap room yeah yeah which is super tiny (laughs) yeah oh and of course that show was nuts like uh was that on a metal monday uh it was actually um also around halloween it was like uh, three years ago i think um because it was actually in the middle of like a zombie walk oh yeah. yeah 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 so it was bonkers like absolutely packed like probably one of the wildest crowds i've ever seen you know i will say this about highland tap room and magbar they have a dedicated metal crowd that comes out Mm. to almost every single show unless my band's playing no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) no they do both have a very dedicated metal crowd and it is so fun to play those places Especially, you know, if you play like Highland Tap on a Metal Monday, you're looking at 60, 70 people crammed into this little tiny place, and mm-hmm. all of them are digging it. Oh, yeah. And Magbar, yeah. like I said, be be glad you got to play on the side where they actually put the stage in, because mm-hmm. where the outdropping is, where the soundboard is, is where they mm-hmm. used to have the bands play. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And it, and people would st- walk through the bands to go outside to the back and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. It was so it's it's such a weird place, but I love it so much because it's been a staple in Louisville for mm-hmm. such a long time. Oh yeah, like I'd heard of um, you know bands playing down there and saying good things about it, and you know, and we got friends in Louisville uh, just in different bands, so we were really excited to be down there for it. It was. Yeah, like you said, really great turnout, really enthusiastic crowd. Like it was kind of one of those shows where it was like, uh, we were actually the first ones on and we just kind of had that thought like, it, yeah, this is, this is going to start off pretty good, right? Like, you know, there's going to be folks here for it. Like, oh, yeah, damn, there are. Excellent. Well, <laughs> you know, that's something that I've noticed about a lot of other cities that I've played in and been to. Mm-hmm. It really depends on how the city is. Like, it can be an early city where shows are done by 11. Yeah. And then you've got some of the places like here when in Louisville that a lot of times the bars didn't used to close until 4 in the morning on Fridays yeah. and Saturdays. And you would have live music until 2.30. Yeah, sometimes it kind of, it definitely depends for sure. Uh, it depends on the venue here in Indy. Um, you know, and there's also the distinction between like weeknight shows and weekends. Uh, but, um, I know just recently Black Circle has, you know, they had the shift of, um, going from the outdoor shows to the indoor shows. And while it was outdoors, they had the, uh, noise ordinance to 10. Right. Yeah. And then they moved that, you know, once they moved the, uh, stage back inside, they could go a bit later again. You know, and it, it's different vibes for sure. And then you got somewhere like the Melody Inn where it's like, oh, the show starts at 10. It's like, what? Yes. <laughs> and, and it starts at 10 on a Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's uh it's always interesting just to you know if if you get the good like bill and the good mood you know the right combination of moods and everything it can go really well but uh i know in indie the sentiment is more or less like the hey can we make sure that we end this at like you know on a timely basis you know definitely like hey we some of us 
I think all of us have work tomorrow morning, so, you know, at least like 11. Well, for sure. And one of the last times I played in Indy, and this has been a while ago, a few years actually, we played Mm -hmm. at Emerson Theater, and they wanted to start at like 9 o'clock. And I was like, what? Really? It's like, you're not really the typical bar show, you know? (laughs) Yeah. If it were a bar show, I could get it. And that was like on a Friday night, but aside from that. Uh, we're here to talk about Lavaborn. Tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about Lavaborn. Uh, well, uh, Lavaborn is uh, based uh, here in Indianapolis. Uh, it's been going for, uh, we started it around 2017, uh, coming on the uh, fifth anniversary next year, uh, early next year. Um, our style, I like to call it uh, Power Doom. It's uh, basically just, uh, you kind of got the um, deeper baritone vocals, like down-tune riffs of Doom with like that, sort of speed and you know a lot of like the twin guitar harmonies of power metal i like to say it's like uh it's kind of like uh iron maiden through a pitch shifter or uh dio sabbath with more double bass beats nice i think that's a very very good comparison actually yeah it's a we've had a lot of time to shop the comparisons and we, we've gotten a lot of different ones that have been pretty fun to see I, i'm looking here on the metal archives and Anybody who listens to the show, you know I do this, and I'm gonna. Pre- I always have to now preface this because it's Wikipedia fact or fiction with the Metal Archives. For all the shit that they get right, they get just as much shit wrong because it's obviously it's user edited, right? Yeah. Now you said you're coming up here and on the five year anniversary, which is awesome because mm-hmm. in, in in music today it seems like everybody plays in 14 bands and when you just have something go on for more than a year or two i think it's something special oh yeah but i'm seeing here yeah. you got the demo from 2017 mm-hmm. and then earlier this year actually october 1st you released uh, blackwing gods yep so why the the long wait between inception to first album uh, it was mostly just a really drawn out recording process. Uh, basically, um, started the band, you know, 2017. Um, when we started it, it was me and one of the uh, guitarists, uh, Brandon Signorino. Uh, we co-founded together. We had like the idea of the project. And so basically at first it was mostly him and I like workshopping the material and, uh, we managed to get enough together to do like the demo. And the idea of the demo was, you know, just be like a recruitment tool, basically, just to be like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, and so we had that ready. And, you know, as soon as we got that demo out, we managed to get the rest of the guys in really quickly. You know, and so from there, it was like, uh, you know, spent about the next, uh, you know, a little under the next year or so, just like kind of gigging around, getting more material together. And then the um, plan was to, uh, we started recording the album right around the end of 2018, but then we finished it earlier this year. I think we got the finishing touches on it around like February. But, you know, what happened with that was, um, you know, we just had like a bunch of delays of like, you know, five guys having to schedule everything. Um, there were a couple moves in there. Definitely. And I'm sure yeah. monetarily it was one of those things too, because recording an album isn't cheap, even if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, fortunately we didn't have to worry too much about, um, expenses. Um, we all have to get it all in house, um, cause our drummer Max is just, you know, an expert, like a straight professional with his uh, home studio setup. But um, we had to basically keep changing where the setup was. You know, we, he moved a couple times, uh, you know, so with that, it was getting everything fine-tuned. It, it was definitely a process, but it turned out incredibly well. Like, I can say that I worked harder recording that album than anything else in my life. Absolutely. And it is, too, that you're not going to join a, or form a band. I say join a band, whatever, form a band that, and then immediately have an album's worth of material within a month. That just is not feasible. So yeah, I could get, and then obviously too, if you started recording it at the end of 2018, mm-hmm. you had all of 2019, but then various moves. And then we all know what happened last year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm just glad to see so many bands survive. Even though we we've had venues that have have went down in flames, no pun intended, with mm-hmm. with COVID. 
I'm just glad to see so many bands out there survive and be able to still put out content. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, that's something that's especially been interesting, you know, here in 2021 is uh, you know, I, I've kind of had that thought of like, okay, 2020 is basically when everybody's going to be held up and working on this stuff. 2021 and 2022 are going to be when it's all like getting out there, you know. And, so Definitely. I think that's kind of like an interesting bit of cycle there. It very much is. And that's one of the things that I've realized with talking to so many bands that a lot of them did the home recording thing and were still able to put out music. But now, because the, the lockdown for so many people happened for so long that now it's just crazy because they're working on a second or third album since lockdown and and yeah. lifted restriction and yeah. i could not imagine like what's going to happen if some if it were to if we'd have to get locked down again yeah it's definitely like the prospects are pretty insane um like one of the things that we also did was make sure to put all of our focus into recording like the tracks that we had we're about to start the writing sessions for the second album like i imagine each of us at this point has like material crewed up but um, we haven't really had the chance to like get together and start workshopping it yet you know so that's like the next step for us like seeing that all come together Absolutely. I've noticed that too with, with even my personal stuff. It's when you do something and the recording process does get slow. Even, mm. even in a non like restricted setting, it just yeah. gets slow sometimes. And you have to fight burnout a lot of the time by writing new stuff. And yeah. sometimes it sucks because you sit there and you're just like, man, I really wish that was on this album. Because I'm kind of bored with playing what's already there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground. From the graves of all those unholy. And they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'm glad to hear that you all are starting the the process over now to to come out with something new. Yeah, and I think like uh, I mean, one of the things that I can also say about the um, you know recording process is, especially compared to a lot of my other projects, um, the material with Lavaborn it's a lot more precise. You know, where it's you know, it's like I come from a more like stoner doom background where it is just kind of, you know, more loose off the cuff, you know, a bit more jammed out. But with Lollaborn, it's very much like it's very tight. 
you know, very okay. tight, very straightforward, you know, and so that was also a bit of the process was making sure we had everything down, you know, and like in contrast, um, one of the, th- one of the other things that I did in 2020 was, um, I basically hunkered down in my basement and recorded like a folk album, just like a solo thing that I've had, you know, sitting on. And that was a completely different process of, uh, like with that, I basically recorded that in a week. And, Hell yeah. but, you know, it's, but you know, there's a very big difference between like the lo-fi, you know, doom folk record that I just kind of put together, you know, just for my, you know, my own entertainment. And, you know, that's a definitely a very different, more low key release than something like Lava Born, where it is very much like that. We want this to like pick up and be seen, you know, and have that sort of like bombastic edge to it. It's very two different things, but I'm really glad to have gotten them both out this year. Definitely. Now, the the folk stuff that you're talking about, is that the Christopher Steve stuff? Yep, it is. Hell yeah, man. And, and I've always been an advocate for saying it can't be all heavy all the time. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. And I've... I've considered doing stuff like that in the past, too, because, you know, I went and bought a mandolin and a banjo and I've had a lap steel for years. And it's just like, you know, one of these days I'm going to I'm going to do this. And I still yeah. haven't got to that day yet. <laughs> well, and it was funny. It was uh, actually speaking of mandolin. Um, one of the things that I did with that folk record was, um, you know, I recorded a lot of the um, bass parts myself. You know, it's like, well, I did like the. um the vocals, the rhythm guitars, the acoustic basses, like I even had a hand drum for it. But one of the things that I did was um, with certain songs, I had like just some friends do uh, some extra instruments on there. Like I had um, somebody that I knew in the scene play cello and a couple songs. Um, a couple of the other Lava Born guys actually played like some guitar and piano on it. Um, uh, Brandon, the um, guitarist that I mentioned earlier, he actually uh, did play mandolin on one of the songs that I had there. Well, it was funny, like I had asked him about recording a guitar solo for one of the songs that I had on there, and he recorded that, and then I kind of showed him the other stuff that I was working on, and he was just like, you know, hey, there's this song right here, and I kind of feel like I kind of want to try to put some mandolin on it. Can I do that? You know, go for it. And, you know, he just ended up getting that on there, too. So, you know, and that was a fun little thing to do. Very much more casual in comparison. Hell yeah. And see, that's what it's all about. It's all about, you know, ebbs and flows, ups and downs, lights and darks. Mm-hmm. I do like to ask about artwork. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking here. I saw the cover to Blackwing Gods when it came out. And I've looked mm-hmm. at it quite a few other times. And it's just rad as hell because the, the artwork is, you know, the, the gray figure, he's tearing his chest out and the heart Mm. is coming out of his, out of his mouth. It's super cool. But, Mm. but I do want to bring up the demo in 2017, which is kind of like a little cartoon version (laughs) of the same artwork. Yeah, oh it, yeah, 100%. It it almost looks like it would be something on like Adult Swim in 2006. <laughs> which I, I like, is. which I totally like. It, oh, yeah, it, I think that is when I drew that actually. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, funny sort there is a little saga with this. Um well the um the demo drawing, like the cover art for the demo was something that I actually drew myself um when I was about, you know, that would have been like the late, you know, 2006, 2007. I think I was about 17. Wow. um, So I've been sitting on that for a good while. And, you know, and I figure just like with the demo, it's just kind of one of those things of like, yeah, sure, let's get a cover art for this. And so that was just, sure, demo, whatever. And Right. I mean, because it's supposed to be fast and loose. Yeah, demos demos are always supposed to be that way because it's it's a to me a demo is a preview for an album. Yeah, it's a I I like to say demo is short for demonstration. You know, it's right. It's not finished by any means. It's but um what ended up happening was you know so we had that and you know we had a good laugh about that. But then when we were getting the album together, I was trying to figure out like um you know we were brainstorming like ideas for that art work you know what kind of cover concept we have for that and uh, we couldn't really like get a solid consensus um 
And then what ended up happening was just kind of on my own time initially, I had um, commissioned an artist here in India, Nate Vaught, to do, um, you know, he's um, had some experience with um, like doing um, logos and covers for, um, you know, bands around here. And I kind of sent him like the demo art and I kind of just had like that idea of like, hey, can you make, can you read, can you like get this design, but make it less shit? <laughs> and he absolutely delivered on that it was it turned out great i think one of the things that's interesting about it is um you know it's kind of one of those things where you know it might work in our favor in a way is you kind of look at it and you probably do expect something that's like more extreme metal like it seems more like like a death metal cover or something but then you know and you like play the album and it's more melodic so, you know, that first thing gets like kind of a mismatch, but because like we still have like that darker edge and, you know, those faster tracks, everything, it's just that heaviness, it still works with it. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I mean, some of that is because it is just so like, you know, like a friend of mine described as just like so stupid that it's awesome. You know, <laughs> it's, so it is just so like, you know, bombastic and over the top. And, you know, and of course, like that color scheme suits it incredibly well. You know, Lava Born is very much like a red and black band, you know? Oh, very much. And I think that matters a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I think with every outing, Obviously, the name is what it is, but Mm -hmm. I think everything should change with every outing. You can't go red and black all the time, but granted, it works. Yeah, (laughs) And it's so easy to do. And it's so easy to do. But I think a band, you know, when they reinvent their logo, not necessarily Mm -hmm. like reinvented, like renewed, like a, a brand new logo every time out. But I always look at like Metallica when it came to this. Like mm-hmm. when you get Kill 'em All, it's just a straight logo. Then on every subsequent album, the logo where the design is the same, the manner in which it is designed though is different. It might be yeah. like raising up out of the picture, sunk and in, sunk down into the picture until you until you got to load and reload. Yeah, it's that sort of a recontextualization with it. it. Absolutely, and I always enjoy seeing bands that do that mm-hmm. yeah and that's uh you know and i'm very curious to see where that'll lead with us too like you know i'm definitely open to you know future albums having a different aesthetic and i think sometimes it's just that matter of seeing like you know you see what's happening as it's happening but you're kind of looking at it and it's you know like from the start you know when we were going through black Winged gods and writing everything and performing it even just from rehearsals there's that thought in the back of my mind it's like yeah this is a red and black album you know it's like those are the colors of it you know it's like uh you know with my old band spirit division like a lot of our um covers because we were more on the stoner side it was a lot of like uh purple and green that sort of thing so it was like that sort of different context definitely which you know it's always interesting to to see you know if you're ever in control out there in the listener land here if you're ever in control of the creative service to your to your band and your albums it's definitely an interesting thing to to just try different things out Mm -hmm. don't don't just go straight up but get a firm grasp on what you want to do for sure yeah it's and i I think it definitely is important to have those moments of just like you know okay what is this doing what's it going for you know just having ways to match that you know, and sometimes there's even still the ways of matching it, but not necessarily the way that you think it would. You know, and I think we did pretty good with that. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. 
to distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. All right, so I am going to switch gears here and get into some general profile questions about you, about Chris here. These, they range all over the map. (laughs) What is the best album by your favorite band? Okay, so it sounds like one of those technicality questions. Like, not necessarily my favorite album, but what's my favorite band and what's my favorite band's album? Uh, Well, let's see. My my favorite band is Iron Maiden, straight up. And, uh... I'll actually That's a tough say, one. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I have like my two that I go back and forth between. Sometimes it is just kind of like, you know, which one is like more like visceral? Which one do I kind of want to throw out there just to be special? Uh, it, it's usually between uh, Power Slave and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. I am right I think, there uh, with you. <laughs> the the last time somebody asked me that, I said uh, Seventh Son. Uh, this time I'll say Power Slave. Definitely. I was actually just listening to a uh, Power Slave the other day, mm. and it's such a good album. And and for me, I've always been that guy where I'm like, eh, lost for words, I could do without on the album. But, you know, listening back to it, like, and I, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time the other day mm. when I listened to it. I was like, man, that's a really rocking instrumental. It really is. Like, I, I've always liked that one a lot, because it is just... It keeps up a good pace, you know, like it's, you know, and it's got like a really solid line. Like it is kind of one of those ones where I'll say like, yeah, it does reveal its cards on the table pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It is just like that gallop all the way through, but goddamn, it's just such a good gallop. It very, very well <laughs> is, it. for sure. It just keeps that momentum going. So on the flip side, what is the worst album by your favorite band, which you listed was Iron Maiden? Uh, let's see. Uh <laughs> I'm going to be I that would, guy really fast before you answer. Which one of the Blaze albums are you going to say? <laughs> you leave my boy Blaze out of this. <laughs> I'll actually, I go to bat for Blaze Bailey every time. Thank um, you. Because well, what he did was not bad for the band. He tried his best. Like, I mean, I'll say, like, I'm a huge fan of the X Factor. Like, that's one I'll go to bat for every time. And, uh, you know, and, like, I do think the Virtual Eleven has its good spots in there. I actually think my least favorite Maiden album is No Prayer for Die. That's the one I'm I would pick. I could see that. And, it and is. it's a weird time for them. Yeah. And it's just such, like, like I don't think Iron Maiden's ever made a bad album. Like, even... Even No Prayer for the Dying, I would still say is like mid C tier. You know, it's it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, this is really only bad, quote unquote, in the context of the first seven, you know? Right. And, and you can kind of tell that there isn't as much like drive on it. They do sound kind of tired, you know, a little bored, you but, know, so it's. But I think, and, and as I've researched and followed Maiden and Priest, and all these new wave of traditional heavy metal bands that came out in around the same time period, mm-hmm. they all draw very similar parallels. Oh, yeah, for sure. With their career, which is interesting because y- you say that. And while Priest at that point was probably on their 11th or 12th album at that point, it, mm-hmm. it's weird because with Maiden, they were in the deal, too, where it wasn't. A, didn't Adrian leave right or during that album or right before that album? I think it was uh, right before it. Um, because Yannick does, came in. Yeah, like and, uh, Adrian does have a writing credit on uh, Hooks and You. Like uh, he did write that one at least, but um, but yeah, other than that, he just went off the map. Right, and then and then after the album came out, uh, Bruce left. Mm-hmm. So well, it was uh, well, there was like a Fear of the Dark. That one was after No Prayer, and then Bruce left after Fear of the Dark. Okay. I think Fear of the Dark's pretty good. It, it's okay, well, I've got my track. I've got my my albums misaligned. Then I've got <laughs> I've got No Prayer coming out after Fear of the Dark. Ah, uh, yeah, it was the other way around. Ah, so. see, that's my mistake. Thank. See, you learn something every mm-hmm. week here on the Metal Forge. But honestly, yeah, uh, you could any any of those albums from like that time period on could be listed i'm not a big fan of maiden after the millennium like brave new world and after they've got good stuff Mm -hmm. but on a whole those albums that came out 
first. Like the first seven albums were completely, mm. di- they're on another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is definitely, like, I have my soft spots for uh, the reunion era, you could call it. Like, Brave New World's probably my third favorite, but, um, you know, those first seven are really on a level of their own, for sure. Definitely. Uh, denim or leather? Uh, I'll say denim. Right on. Never actually owned any leather before, but, you know, I got my jeans. Yes, <laughs> because counts, right? leather leather pants, I don't know. I couldn't do it. Just, just be because. Much for me. What's that? That might be a bit much for me. I, I know some <laughs> folks who could pull them off. I I think uh, I don't think I have the right legs for them. Yeah, I, I I feel that, which was interesting because I believe Meatloaf wore you know leather pants, and I did could not see myself doing that like he did because I'm a big <laughs> guy too. So <laughs> yeah, it was a different time. Absolutely. Do you collect your own music? Oh yeah. Well, it's um. I have um, basically uh, I have a copy of each of the um, albums that I've recorded so far because um, uh, I have like a copy of each of the Spirit Division albums. I do have my personal copy of Black Winged Gods. Uh, the only one I don't have is that folk album that I mentioned earlier, um, but that's just because I only released it digitally. Okay. I, I, I think it's uh, you know I do have put a lot of uh, value in posterity, so I like to keep what I make. You know, definitely. It's I think it's an accomplishment thing for me. I'm proud mm-hmm. of what I put out and seeing a saying something that i put out mm-hmm. in, like holding it in my hand and be like you know i remember what where i was when this happened when i did this. oh yeah and i think that's a big a big thing for it yeah big time you know it's i um i had like the this year was like the 10th anniversary of the first demo that i did with my first serious band and it's just like i thought of like oh shit 10 years that's i was a completely different person even just in that time oh yeah absolutely i could get behind that that's so weird though that you say it because the first album i ever put out was in like 2001 or two and i'm just like oh, holy, yeah it's like here we are 20 years removed from it and it's like wow mm-hmm. it's like hey, I, go, being congrats. in high school essentially hey more power to you on that like uh I, I never really got around to like getting a solid band in high school it was actually toward um oh they weren't a solid band me. either yeah fair <laughs> <laughs> they weren't a solid <laughs> band either so um, what song could you never tire of listening to uh, I'll actually say, uh, go a bit of a curveball on this one. Uh, no children by the mountain goats. I am not familiar, but you have piqued my interest because of their name. Yeah. It's uh, they're, they're basically an, uh, indie folk band. Um, but it's from this album. That's basically just like the ultimate, like, I don't know if breakup album is the right word, but like the, you're watching your relationship crumbling in front of you and you can't do anything about it album. Like, Ooh, it's, a, it's heavy shit. Like I, I love that album. It's perfect. And it's one of those ones where it's like, this is a fantastic album, but if I play it too much, everybody's going to worry about me. I, I could see that. <laughs> I, I've had quite a few albums like that that I've mm-hmm. I've leaned on, for sure. Oh, yeah. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Uh, Rocco's Marin Life. Right on. I'd say, like, I was right in the thick of, uh, I was talking to somebody about it last night. I was right in the thick of, like, 90s Nickelodeon. So that's, that's the one that I liked a lot as a kid. And then watching back at it as an adult, it's like, yeah, definitely hits. For sure. Yeah. The, I was more of a, uh, of an early to mid 90s on that, like, salute your shorts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, what was it? The, uh, the game show, not Double Dare, cause uh, that guts. kicked, that kicked ass too. The, uh, was it the Temple Run? Oh, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends yeah. of the Hidden Temple. That's it. And that was always like, I always wanted to, to do that as a kid, to go, oh, yeah. to go on one of those shows. But I, alas, I never did. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody had that ambition. What food can you not stand? Well, let's see. I know when I was a kid, I'm trying to think of like what would be what it be now. I can tell you when I was a kid, I absolutely hated chicken pot pie for some reason. But I don't know what it was. Like, yeah, I think it's fine now. But uh, that's always right the one on. that sticks out the most. <laughs> I'm yeah. Uh, chicken pot pie was kind of weird. I get that. I think. For me, I think it was the peas and, and stuff in there, especially like those banquet, like 59 cent pot pies, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was the texture thing. That, yeah. that could be. If there's something that you don't like as a kid, just blame the texture for it. <laughs> right. That's what it is. Um, what was your most cringeworthy moment on stage? As like uh, first hand or second hand? First hand first. Okay. Uh, let's see. Cause I know. Uh, 
thankfully I've not had too many bad ones. Uh, you know, not that I've had an immaculate show every time. Right. Uh, but, uh, kind of this tends to be like those shows where, uh, okay. Like one that I remembered was, uh, not necessarily that it was a bad show, mostly just like that. It was those kind of shows like 2012, you know, way back. It was one of those shows where I was like literally playing to no one. Mm. <laughs> like, like I think like, you know, it was like we were the only band booked that night for some reason. We did it, you know, and it, was, it wasn't even like, uh, we had like, oh, you know, you get those bad show nights where it's like you play the other bands and their girlfriends, like no other bands, no girlfriends, just the bartender been there and it does suck yeah definitely it's the it's that one show that everyone calls as a glorified practice yeah and it's like the you know and sometimes those are good for like the yeah let's actually you know get our chops up but that project was not not much rehearsal was going to salvage that one it was a it was a very short-lived project definitely Uh, so what's your second hand one then uh second hand it's, uh, I know a couple others were just kind of like the, a whole lot of gear malfunctions, you know, and sometimes it's like the, you know, sometimes there's like the wild ones where like, you know, if you're really locked in, you know, and have good chemistry, you can like play off each other. And, you know, if you're prepared, you can get over that pretty quick. But, uh, I remember there was one show, uh, when I was still with Spirit Division, it was with our, I think we'd only been playing for like three or four months. And, uh, you know, it was a weeknight show, like five people were there and then our guitarist Sam just crapped out in the middle of it, basically. And, you know, and it was like the, you know, we were a power trio and, but we didn't, well, we were a trio. We didn't quite have the power. That was the problem, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, so it's just like that sort of thing. And that's what I want to live. like, oh God, I got to do better than this. It's like all the focus is right there. When you, yeah. when when a guitar pl- when you have one guitar player in the band and something happens to the guitar player, it is the most god awful moment on stage ever. Yeah, because everyone notices. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. I've I've been told by a former guitar player in my in uh, my band Overload that uh, <laughs> it's funny that I think about it now, but he's like, well, when anything happens like that, that's a mess up. He's like Mark turns into Sam Eagle from the Muppets, where that that just you know that mad look on Sam Eagle's face all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the fuck, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, you know, you still have the gear hiccups and oh yeah, those aren't you know like if you you know can improvise pretty well. If there's like somebody who's thinking really fast. um, you know, we've had those shows where like somebody broke a string or something, and that's not really much of an issue because that's just like, okay, yeah, well, you know, we're prepared for this. We got that back up. You know, or some, like, uh, there was one show we played right before the pandemic where, um, we'd uh, just finished and the band after us was on, but then in the middle of their set, uh, one of the, um, guitarists, you know, they had a broken string. And Brandon just went like straight for it, like just like a machine, just pretty much went into like, "Hey, I'm taking that guitar from you. You're playing this one." It was like a minute. Wow, he went straight into Road Crew. <laughs> Basically, that's was, awesome. That's yeah. that's something I always wonder about seeing big bigger bands. I say big bands, but you know, it's whatever. You know, bands mm. like ZZ Top and ACDC and and all these bands that play in like. A, a, a guitar in an ISO box that you would mm-hmm. never know if it, if anything would ever go out now because they've got an ISO box to, to run to front of house and then like one amp on stage. So if the one mm-hmm. amp on stage ever went out, would you really even notice? Probably not. Right. I mean, I mean especially with crews like that, it's just, I know those guys are you know, literal pros. Oh, absolutely. And it does take a lot. I think the biggest thing that they have, uh, like, screw-up-wise or fuck-up-wise on stage, whatever you want to say, is they fall down or, or in James Hetfield's case, get burnt. You know? Yeah. I mean, a, stuff like actual physical problems, you know, not necessarily a gear issue because of the, of the fact of everything is just so on point, practiced yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and thankfully, just like doing vocals, the 
most I have to worry about with myself is, you know, make sure you come in at the right times and make sure you're breathing right so you don't blow your voice out halfway through. And I, not to unplug the mic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that's never happened, but I, I, I could definitely see when it has. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. And weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. (laughs) Weird. It's going to get weird is the name of the podcast. Available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. For the listeners out there, recommend an album or artist to get into. Hmm. Uh, let's see, just in general? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll, uh, actually keeping it, um, focused on that, uh, like with this particular genre, I would say, um, Atlantean Kotex, uh, the album of The Course of Empire. Awesome. Not familiar personally, but I'll definitely it, it's be. It's absolutely fantastic. It's, um, just imagine it's like basically like Viking era Bathory, you know, like Hammerheart sort of shit crossed with like Candlemass and Iron Maiden. Nice. It and it's like you know conceptual, all this stuff, very grandiose. It's perfect. I, if you love epic metal, that's definitely like the one, especially like the last ten years. Like Hell they're yeah. one of the best bands going right now, as far as I'm concerned. Awesome. I'll definitely uh, check that out myself too. Mm. What was the first album or music you purchased with your own money? Uh, it was actually a copy of um, ACDC's Black, Back in Black when I was in the eighth grade. And I remember it was, I'm not really sure why it was that one specifically, especially since my dad had a copy of it. But I remember it was like, a, I think I got like a Walkman 
for like my birthday in the eighth grade and it was like oh i better get a cd for it and that was like the first one that i thought of hell yeah so that was like my rabbit hole that's awesome because everybody says the thing about acdc it's it's all the same it's like you know what that album alone is a playthrough album for me Mm -hmm. i can listen to every single track on that album, put it on first song to the last song and po- and probably be able to do it again because oh, yeah. every track is a banger on that. That's one of those ones where it's like, I don't play it as much just because it is so ingrained, but when I do, you know, it's off to the races. Right. Like, I'll, I'll still lose my shit. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think, uh, Highway to Hell by them is the same way. Mm. It's uh, that. Powerage is probably, Powerage is such an underrated one. I think for them, that's one of their best, if not their best. Definitely. Uh, let there be rock, you know, mm-hmm. they have had so many awesome ones to, to even to compliment the ones that, you know, maybe one or two songs were mm-hmm. good on, like Razor's Edge or for yeah. those about to rock, you know, fly on the wall, you know, those ones that only had like one or two good songs. They mm-hmm. they have really had some pretty powerful albums. Yeah, and they're such a really good road trip band too. Like, oh yeah, they're definitely one of those ones. Where it's like, okay, yeah, I got some work. You know, driving down south or something. But like, yeah, I'll definitely put a couple of those on. Driving work. down south, <laughs> it had to be that. It had to be driving down south for ACDC. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Down under. <laughs> right. And, and I get to, I do this, like, even still pretty regularly. My favorite song of theirs is Whole Lot of Rosie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And I will crank it up and to that first, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know. Mm-hmm. In front, in, and you're right, it's off to the races at that point. And that song just jams to me. Oh, yeah. So, I have one more question for you, but before we get into it, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody today? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, go ahead and do a shout-out to the, um, you know, some of the guys in the Indiana metal scene there. Um, you know, we've got... Um, you know, Apostle Solitude, Devil to Pay, uh, Wolf Tooth, uh, Cursed Blade, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, bands here in the scene. Uh, definitely looking forward to, uh, getting back out there on that. Yeah, so throw that out there. There's a whole slew that I could mention. You know, there's like Throne of Iron. Uh, our guys have their other bands as well, Koronics. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Throne of Iron. Shout out to them for sure because, Tucker was on the show a little over a year ago. He's a super rad guy. So oh, yeah. hopefully he's yes. listening. Thanks, Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've known Tucker for a good while. Um, you know, back when he was in Thorax and I was still in Spirit Division, we would get quite a bit back then, too. Absolutely. And obviously, I do want to uh, jump in and give a shout out to Wise Blood Records. Oh, yeah. Awesome supporters yeah, the of the Metal Forge. Uh, Sean is a super rad guy. So check out their their pages if you're listening today check out some of the the other bands as well as lava born that are on their their label it's super rad awesome stuff oh yeah it he's been absolutely fantastic to work with on this just every step of the way this album our album wouldn't have been nearly as successful without him you know he's had some great turnout with his other projects as well you know mother graves and grave ripper were really big releases locally that just you know definitely put him on my radar Oh, definitely. More than they already was. They turned out excellent. Absolutely. I really wish Radiated Remains came out on vinyl mm -hmm. because I would be that, that yellow cover of that. ah, It would, it would look so good on, on like clear yellow vinyl too. Yeah, oh, I could, I could, I could imagine that right now. It does sound good. Yeah. So as always, links will be listed below. So please give Lava Born a like, a share, and a follow. Go buy merch. Go buy music from their Bandcamp page. Support these guys in any way you can and in every way you can. And because we are in the holiday season, as I said, as I've beaten into into the ground here, give the gift of music for Christmas because it gets us through the rough times and it gets us from point A to point B. I'm here for that. Definitely. Chris, last question of the show. What album changed your life? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Yeah, there's always a whole bunch of them, really. It's always hard to narrow it down to just one. I'll actually say, uh, the, well, the one I always think of is like the, the best one, like my favorite album of all time, uh, Sad Wings of Destiny by Judas Priest. Hmm. Yeah, that's one that's just like, 
you know, I listened to it back in high school, and it was like that one where it just kind of changes with you as you get older and more experienced, you know? Like, I still remember listening to it when I was younger, and at first, like, I had no idea what to make of it. You know, it's just so different from everything that, you know, they're most famous for. Right. And it just has such, like, a vibe to it, and it's so hard to recreate that. You know, like, actually, um, but, you know, the title track for Black Winged Gods, you know, even though it's an instrumental, it was very much like a, our sort of homage to that era of Priest where it is just like that sort of like chunkier gallop that like a more tripped out middle like you know you don't see that sort of thing it's very hard to recreate absolutely and it's such an album that like even from a visual standpoint just you know holding the album in your hands while listening to it and just studying the the artwork as as you're listening to it is insane mm. because it's such a good album. Oh yeah, it's I think that one's like literally perfect. Like that's the you know I listened to it again last night and it just still like absolutely flawless in my opinion. Yeah, I I can't even at this point you know victim of changes you know Ripper it it's just I almost can't like explain how how it makes me feel either because it's just mm-hmm. like it's such a good album and it is and it is just that like back in black it's a banger and it's an every track listen oh yeah for sure dude chris thank you so much for coming on the metal forge this week i appreciate it and i mean to mean what i say about you know i've either got to get up there or the next time you guys are down here in louisville i have to come see you guys perform live yeah absolutely well our like i said our goal is to definitely put ourselves out there next year um we've got our first couple uh indie dates in the works we're definitely aiming to get out of town even more so Definitely. Hopefully we'll uh, be down there here soon. Absolutely. We'll get it going. So from Black Winged Gods, what are we leaving out with today? Oh, do I get to pick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I'll actually say, um, uh, let's say uh, Prove Your Worth. You heard him. This is from Lava Born, Black Winged Gods album. This is Prove Your Worth.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.